Thank you for joining us for our word of the day. This morning we're going to be looking at Judges chapter 6 and 7, and this is the story of Gideon. And most of you, if you've been in church any amount of time, you know the story of Gideon. Uh, we know most of the stories in the Bible and really kind of know them as we learn them as children with the flannel graph and the VeggieTale stories. And they're kind of made to look happy and cheerful, but they're really not. They're very dark stories that tell us a valuable lesson. And especially in the book of Judges, the lesson that we are learning throughout all these stories is that salvation doesn't come from any man. It only comes from God. See, the book of Judges is the nation of Israel looking for a king. Every time it says many times there was no king in the land and people did that which was right in their own eyes and then right after Judges Israel demands a king so they kind of see their need for a king because every time they do things on their own they get in deeper and deeper messes and God sends uh, persecution, God sends famine, God sends pestilence to them and they suffer because of their idolatry and their wickedness and they think that their salvation is coming from these judges that God raises up or from a king that God's going to give them. But the whole point of it is to show that our salvation only comes from God. And the story of Gideon is no different. It's a, it's a great story. And Gideon has a wonderful part in the, the Bible, but his life doesn't end very well because like every man, every person, he fails. He lets down the nation of Israel and ends his life uh, worshiping false gods and leading the nation of Israel back into wickedness. But in chapter 6 and 7 is where we meet Gideon. And during this time, the Midianites have been oppressing Israel for about 40 years. And the Bible says that every time the, the Israelites would have a crop grow and ready to harvest a crop, the Midianites would come in and destroy the crop or steal the crop and steal their livestock. And so they're oppressed and they're suffering incredibly, and so they cry out to God for a deliverer, and God raises up a man named Gideon. Now, when we find Gideon, he is threshing wheat, uh, kind of hidden in a little barn area, trying to thresh a little bit of wheat for the day or for his family, hiding it from the Midianites because he's scared, and he's just, he's kind of a coward when we first see him, and it kind of plays out throughout the story how he just, he doesn't have the the courage and doesn't have the the self-confidence to really do anything. And so God sends an angel of the Lord to find Gideon threshing wheat, uh, hiding from the Midianites. And he says, hey, mighty man of valor. And Gideon's like, I don't know who you're talking to because I'm not that man. And the angel of the Lord tells Gideon, says, God is going to use you to defeat the Midianites and free Israel from this oppression. And look at what the exchange happens in chapter 6. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. So God comes to Gideon and says, I'm going to use you to deliver Israel from the hand of the Midianites, to stop this oppression to conquer this invading army and deliver Israel from this bondage and from this suffering. And you're going to do it in your own strength. And Gideon says, God, I can't, I can't do that. Uh, my, my family is the, the smallest in the smallest tribe, and I'm the weakest in my family. There's, there's no way I can do this. And God says, 
don't worry because I'm going to be with you. And this is a, a promise that we see God give to multiple people throughout the Bible when facing similar situations. See, when God uses a person, he never uses the most obvious. I mean, you can see it all throughout Scripture. Look at Moses. He comes to Moses in the burning bush and says, I'm going to use you to deliver my people uh, out of Egypt. I want you to go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. And Moses says, God, I can't even talk well. How am I going to go before the most powerful man in the world and just demand that he let a bunch of slaves go? I can't do that. And God tells him, I'm going to speak through you. I'm going to be there. I'm going to fight for you. He tells it when they go into the promised land. says, look, Joshua, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be fighting for you. Yeah, you're facing an incredible battle, an incredible task in front of you, but I'm going to be with you. We see it in Abraham. And he comes to Abraham, who is 75 years old. He is too old to have children. His wife is too old to have children. She's barren. They have no kids. And he tells Abraham, I'm going to take you, this old man with no kids, I'm going to make you an incredible nation. We see in the life of David, you know, when, when God chooses a king, uh, of course, uh, Samuel goes to Jesse's house to find a king, and he thinks it's going to be the oldest because he's the tallest and the strongest and the most kingly looking. And God says, no, that's not him. You're looking on the outside. I'm looking on the heart. And so he goes through all the children, and then he, he doesn't find one. And he looks at Jesse and says, do you have any other Children, he says, there's the youngest. And if you study that verse, the word youngest in the Hebrew literally means insignificant. He says, yeah, I got one more kid, but he doesn't matter. He's insignificant. He's a little runt. He's out watching the kids. He's, he's worthless. He, he can't be king. And God uses that insignificant, un, impossible man to be the greatest king in the nation of Israel. God always uses those who no one would expect for his honor and for his glory. And that's encouraging for us today because you may be facing a task that you think is impossible. You may be in a situation that you think you can't handle, facing a problem you don't know how to solve. Maybe God's laid on your heart a ministry to start or a work to do, and you think, man, there's, just, there's no way I can do that. And you're right. You can't, but God can through you. And God wants to use you to show off and give him glory and give him honor. And we see it throughout the, the book of Judges. We see it in Gideon's life. Of course, Gideon, he gathers together 32,000 men in chapter 7 to fight the Midianites. And God says, you've got too many. So he dwindles it down to 10,000. And God says, you've still got too many. So he brings it down to 300. And so Gideon, with 300 men, is facing an army that the Bible says is innumerable. Thousands and thousands of highly trained Midianite soldiers, and Gideon, 300 men, are going against it. And God gives an incredible victory. With Gideon, all they have to do, they light torches, they smash lamps, they blow trumpets, and say, for the sword of the Lord and for Gideon. And the Midianite army panics and ends up killing each other. And so God uses Gideon for this incredible victory, and Gideon really doesn't have to do anything. And God does it so God can get the glory. So if you're facing a tough time this morning, if you're having a, a situation, you don't know how you're going to get through it or how you're going to handle it, just know that God has placed you there so he can work through you and he can get the glory. Thanks so much for joining us for our Word of the Day. Be sure to join us back here tomorrow as we continue through the book of Judges 
Have a blessed day.